You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Point. Forward. This is Andre Iguodala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of not just basketball, but life, and that means something. something, something. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. That level of understanding has been taken out of the game. Out of the game. Welcome back to another special episode of Point Forward Podcast. Myself, Andre Godala, my main man, Evan Turner. Yo, yo, what's up? Uh, we are on a brief hiatus, but we wanted to get you a special, special episode right now. Joined today by a ridiculously talented individual. Goes by the name of Brett Taylor. Oakland homegrown. His elementary school teacher was Miss Addles, wife of the great Alvin Addles, uh, a Warriors legend as a player and a coach. Uh, wow. He is the co-CEO of Salesforce and Evan and I are being hosted at Dreamforce, which is the called the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, uh, the Grammys, uh, all your biggest events. Uh, Dr- Dreamforce is that in the tech space. Uh, what some forty thousand folks have traveled to San Francisco with the other co-CEO uh, Mark Benioff, who came up with this idea, is doing some amazing and great things. And uh, just a little bit about yourself, so the folks know: not only are you the co-CEO of Salesforce, but also your co-creator of Google Maps, uh, which we all use before that, what we have. We had, we were talking about it earlier. Map we, had, we had MapQuest. Map also, um, you were the chief technology officer at Facebook, and now you're on the, uh, you're chairman of the board for Twitter. So you're very busy these days. Uh, <laughs> hope you guys all enjoy this uh, special segment, this special uh, podcast uh, as we're here live. And once again, my main man, Evan Turner, yes, sir. is coming with the secret sauce. So let's get things started. So, Brett, first, discuss to us, like, the importance and scale of Dreamforce. Like, why are we here? How did it come about? Like Andre said earlier, it's kind of similar to All-Star Weekend. Well, it is. So we have 40,000 people in person here. You know, in San Francisco, as you know, has been uh, going through some pretty hard times since the pandemic. So what's really great about this is it's revitalizing the downtown. Every hotel is full. Every restaurant is Mm -hmm. packed. Every bar is full. It's great as someone who's born and bred in the Bay Area. It's so great to see just kind of the investment in the city. The reason why so many people are here, though, so there are 17 million people we call trailblazers that have built their careers on Salesforce as a platform. Many of them came from other careers, manicurists. Uh, you know, folks who maybe in the Rust Belt of America who lost their jobs, who found a career in technology on Salesforce, and they're here to find clients to meet with each other. We actually, Salesforce is going to produce over 9 million jobs, representing $1.6 trillion in economic impact by 2026. So I like to say Salesforce is not just a company, Salesforce is an economy, and Dreamforce <laughs> is the center of that. So when we think about what's what does success at Dreamforce mean? It's not what we sell. It's actually what all the folks you meet, you see all the trailblazer hoodies around here. We want, this is about the Salesforce economy. And I credit, you mentioned Mark Benioff. People always ask like, 
why do 40,000 people show up for a tech conference? Like, what, you know? And it's bigger than us. It's actually about supporting jobs, it's about giving back. We just donated another $25 million to San Francisco and Oakland Public Schools yeah. on Monday. The concert last night with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, millions of dollars going to UCS, UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of Dreamforce, it's like an event. Like you said, it's right. bigger than just, you know, a tech conference. It's actually a community coming together. And it's been three years and it's like, you can just feel the energy around here. Right, right. So I guess for our listeners who aren't quite well-versed in the tech space, and, and I've gotten some feedback from some of our fans and saying, like, I don't understand this word. I didn't understand that word. Yeah. And it's, you know, we, it's all a learning experience, and that's what Point4 represents. So in layman's terms, or like, how do we not dumb it down, but simplest terms, tell me what Salesforce is and, and, and what, what you do. It's so funny you ask that because everyone sees Salesforce Tower in San Francisco and they're like, I have no idea what the <laughs> bleep Salesforce does. I know you have the big buildings. I see your logo everywhere. So first, we're an enterprise software company. Mm -hmm. So what that means is we make software for other companies to use. So that's why you as a consumer don't use it. It's not like you know, right. Facebook or WhatsApp right. or uh, you know, TikTok. <laughs> we, we sell businesses to other companies. And we essentially power their customer experience. So if you go to adidas.com and you buy some shoes, that's our commerce technology yeah. enabling that. If you're filing your taxes on TurboTax mm -hmm. and you talk to customer support, that customer support software is Salesforce. So we do sales software, customer support software, marketing software, e-commerce software. So you kind of think about if you're a company, especially during the pandemic, all of your customers started working on their phones. Yeah. We provide that digital customer experience for you. But we're behind the scenes. We're white label. You know, you, we don't want to be in front of that. We want these brands like into it. And Adidas yeah. is their brand, not our brand. So that's why you don't know about it. It's kind of, if we do our job right, yep. our customers are making magical customer experiences and we get out of the way. But it's a really big business. We'll do $31 billion in revenue this wow. year. And uh, it's only a 23-year-old company. So you wow. think about technology, the power of it is just the impact, you know, ever since the birth of the internet, the birth of the smartphone, there's this big trend. Um, there's a venture capitalist, I think you know, Andre, uh, Mark Andreessen, who said, wrote this amazing article, Software is Eating the World. Yep. And you can kind of see like what we're doing is we're helping every company in the world become a software company. Yeah. Every company in the world needs to be digital. We're helping them do that. And you're not going to see our logo everywhere, um, except yeah. in our cool buildings. Uh, we're just going to be behind the scenes helping every company in the world transform. And I, before you ask this question, you know, I kind of want to I mean, you know, I'm going to kind of toss it to you in terms of like what we try to represent for our community. So, you know, we want to make the Brett Taylors of the world, you know, the famous people or that we want you to be the person we aspire to be coming from our communities, not having access to certain things. And, you know, even like the disconnect with, you know, the business side of our podcast and basketball folks not quite understanding is just making those connections because they're using Salesforce without even knowing it. And so we want to continue to spread that message in this, you know, sad software not the most sexy it's investments but it's the most you know economic economically powerful investments and i just want our listeners and our youth to start understanding we were just at the uh, executive uh future entrepreneurs future entrepreneurs executives for for, for dreamforce we just spoke awesome? to them. it was amazing Unbelievable. So, uh from 20 to 24 year olds you know just setting them on a path to where you know they have a viable path to reach you know uh the c-suite status and this is how you get there and i'm seeing all minorities and it was just beautiful to see so you know appreciate what you've been able to do and what you're continuing to do you know for communities you know such as the ones that i've come from and you know hopefully we can collaborate in the future but i'm sorry t go ahead i was saying with salesforce you preach about staying in the back and dre said he wants to make you as popular as a d-wade or chris paul but 
I want to know how did you get here? I know you didn't start at Salesforce, but how were you able to work your way up? Obviously, you had a lot of you know great endeavors prior to, but how did you get on stage right next to as a co-CEO with Mark Benioff? How far back you want me to go? Man, wow us. Okay. <laughs> okay, so when I was 16, yeah. the day I got my driver's license, I had a 1971 Volkswagen bus. It was awesome. Well, I like that. $700. That's how much I bought it for. I drive to the movie theaters with my friends and rear end a parked Cadillac. I, don't ask me. I ran into a parked car. That's a whole different story. <laughs> so I leave a note on the window saying, I'm sorry. I'll pay for it. Here's my phone number. I get a phone call about a month later. I thought he'd you know, got, not gotten away with it. I thought he'd just sort of like, right. you know, uh, no harm, no foul. Called me up. And he said, um, you know, you left the note in my car. You seem like an honest young man. I own a 76 station. I've had trouble with people stealing from the register. Would you like a job? <laughs> and I, and I, I was like, you know, I needed a summer job. Cleaning bathrooms at a gas station doesn't sound that great, but you sort of feel socially obligated, right? I ran to the guy's <laughs> car. Right. Look, yes, I sir. Thank you, money. sir. You know, yeah, I'll take yeah. that. <laughs> so next door to that, uh, I was earning 4.25 an hour, which was minimum wage at the time. And next in door California? to California, yeah, in California, it was like we're civil age. Just things have changed. Okay, 4.25 an hour. Anyway, that was before taxes too. <laughs> so. Uh, this is the early days of the internet. Um, there's a thing called Yahoo Directory, which listed every website on the internet. That's mm -hmm. how early it was on the internet. And there's a car mechanic, BMW service center next door, and I would be getting on my dickies and my shirt that had my name embroidered on it every in the parking lot every day, and I, he would be opening up his shop, and he's like, I really want a website, but so damned expensive. Right. And I said, if I make you a website, how much will you pay me? And he said, I'll give you $400. Um, I was earning $4.25 an hour. And so, so I went down to a local community college, got on Netscape, which was the browser at the time, right. taught myself HTML. I don't know how long it took, because I'm probably embellishing history at this point, but less than a month, I made this guy's website, got paid $400, quit my job on the spot. <laughs> I went door to door and made websites for at least 10 or 12 businesses that summer. I, was earning, I earned about $4,000. Wow. And uh, I, I, don't, I never incorporated the company, so I don't know, technically it was my first company. Right. Um, and then I ended up, you know, I ended up in computer science at Stanford. Um, we'll talk, we can talk more about it later, but I had a real mentor there named Marissa Meyer, who ended up becoming the CEO of yeah, Yahoo. Yeah, she yeah. hired me into Google, started Google Maps, left to start a social network that turned out not to be that successful, but we innovated. We, we invented a few things. It became really popular. You invented the like button. Like the like button. Facebook. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg acquired that company, became CTO, and uh, and then left to start an enterprise software company. The first call I made was Mark Benioff because I was like, who knows enterprise software? Right. Yeah. No one better than Mark. Ended up here about six years ago and didn't expect to be co-CEO right now, but you can kind of think of it this way. I'm I'm Mark's uh, mentee, you know, and uh, we're doing this as partners and I get to learn from the best and mm -hmm. uh, run this 80,000 person company and this incredible community. So that was a sort of in a nutshell, but it started with me running into a car to park. <laughs> now, we, I think we, we, I'm, we're going to get deeper into that because we always, you know, some people say I pulled myself up by the bootstrap and they had a little Kickstarter or yeah. some, some folks say I'm self-made and we always say, nah, you were, I don't know, you were born on third base yeah. exactly. and the pitcher threw a wild pitch and you kind of walked home. Yeah. But so much luck in this life. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of luck, but I'm saying, you know, what you did in terms of Take an initiative, yeah. you know, got one of the website. You actually went to go figure, you didn't know how to build a no, website before no, that. No, so it wasn't no. like you already had it. So like, uh, that was intriguing to me. Like, that's what I really wanted to know. And, but going towards, you know, being a co-CEO with someone like, you know, Mark Benioff, and you're, you're relatively young. How have you been able to 
move with a certain type of confidence. Because as athletes, you know, you see co-captains, you know, how do we work together? There's always egos getting in the way. And what I've learned in my, you know, in the venture space, you know, I bring the winning culture to a company. Like, that could be my value add in terms of, you know, how can I bring something to a company outside of capital? And I say, you know, I, I know what a winning culture looks like. And early on, I didn't understand the ego part of it was a yeah. big thing. And I didn't think that was in the tech space. I'm like, it's all geniuses. Why do y'all argue and get each other's way? But to my lack of my knowledge, it's all over the place. So We're all flawed people, right? We all have yeah, egos. Yeah, of course. Right. Right? But what I want to know from you is how do you have that balance of you need your ego sometimes in terms of like you got to show up to work confident and then your employees have to see that you're going to lead them on the right path and then not letting your ego get in your way and trying to become above you know the employees so talk to me kind of about the co-ceo role and you two delegating with one another and also having confidence but also being humble well first i do think i credit a lot of where i am to luck but also sponsorship and mentorship mm -hmm. and i've learned a lot you know, we talk a lot about equality and tech is not a beacon of equality it's not enough to just have mentorship you need sponsorship you know you need to take people on their career and say i'm going to sponsor you and help you get from point a to point b with the benefit of hindsight i had that you know because when i arrived at google my boss was marissa meyer i was 23 years old and you know she saw something in me and she she had the authority and she gave me the opportunity to, to create Google Maps. When I got to Facebook, I was 29. And when I became chief technology officer, I, in many ways, what place does a 29-year-old have to be to be CTO of Facebook? Mark Zuckerberg was like 27 or 26. Yeah. So like, I was the elder statesman, you yeah. know, like we were talking yeah. about this on the Warriors. Yes. Like, yes. it's different. And so I was luck, you know, in some ways I went to a really young company at the time Facebook was primarily for college students, so mm -hmm. most people who are older didn't want to work there. They didn't get it. They didn't understand right. it. Right. So, you know, there was right place, right time, and then I really appreciate how leaders like Marissa and Mark Zuckerberg said, we're going to give this kid a chance. I was very accountable, right? You know, if I screwed up, it was going to be my fault, but to your point, to say I picked myself up by my bootstraps, no, like, they picked me up by my bootstraps, you know, and you really have to appreciate that. And so, you know, part of the reason with this Cosio relationship that it works because I get a lot of, actually it's funny there's not a lot of successful Cosio relationships yeah, right like right, because right. it's actually frowned upon yeah, yeah. for what good I reason saw. right because right, right. two big egos basically and yeah, yeah, yeah yeah 49ers I think a little <laughs> bit of what, the way it works is like Mark is my mentor mm -hmm. you know and I, I'm okay with that like I'm not trying to be him right. I'm not trying to overshadow him and vice versa and by leaning into the fact that I'm learning from him and him leaning into the fact that he's grooming me right. and that we make each other better we amplify each other. Yep. And I think the closest analogy, I've started two companies with co-founders, mm -hmm. and I would say the co-founder relationship is very similar to the co-CEO relationship. Gotcha. And it's very much like a marriage. It's not about just the decisions you make, it's how you communicate. And it's not about your compatibility, it's how you grow together. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if you talk to any pastor or priest about a good marriage, yep. people get married because they like each other at that moment in time, that's not going to result in good marriage because you're going to be really different right. 20, 30 years later. It's all about how you communicate and go together. So I think actually the reason why Mark and I work is I had practice with my companies that I founded. Yeah. And also when you talk about ego, Mark built this place. Like I'm yeah, grateful. Yeah. Like I'm a steward of the thing that he created yeah. and I have that humility. And I think that's really a, an important ingredient to, to success. Yeah. Uh, we got a minute, so dive in. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. So when you break it down, when you tally up your life's work and you think about everything that has occurred and sometimes all the little stuff that 
might not matter. What were some of the decisions you think you made that was, when you look back, that was really a pivotal fork in a row where you're like, this is a micro decision, but it turned out to be something different in retrospect? So I was at Google in 2007, and I had been there for about five years, give or take, and uh, I had made Google Maps. I was kind of hot shit. I'm not allowed to say that. You're probably <laughs> yeah, no, you're that. Good. you know, like, no, good. you know, you have the good, you have the good resume, right? Yeah. So, and I could have made a career there. I really wanted to go into the social space. Wikipedia had come out, Yelp had come out, Friendster was, had come out. Yeah, and I said, I, I feel like this movement where the internet is not just read-only, but like people participate in it is a big movement. I was passionate about it. I and two of my friends from Stanford who are also at Google were going to leave to go start this company, and one of them, one of my friends bailed. Uh, just, you know, check it out. You know, we, you have the safe job yep. at the... Yep you know, at Google, and, yep. and it was basically one week before we were going to, in a coordinated way, tell our bosses. So I had this moment with my friend Jim Norris, who was there with me at the time, where we're like, do we still go? You know, and he was a key ingredient, let's put it that way. Like, we were a package deal, yep. and you have this picture of yourself walking out the door. It's a big decision, right? To quit yeah. your job, have no paycheck. Yep. You know, it's a big yep. decision. Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden it's disrupted and you're like, it was a test of like, how much will do I have to do this? How much confidence do I have in myself? And in particular, it was for me, it felt personally like, okay, I got to do this solo. Like I have to like do this by myself. And, and we decided to do it. And it was interesting because it was a little bit like jumping off the cliff to see if you could fly because we didn't really know what we were going to do since he left. But we quit anyway. Because <laughs> a little bit, you know, once you cut the cord. Right. It's like the Jerry Maguire thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, once you do it, it yeah. you just got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so absolutely. a little bit, we didn't change the schedule. We quit and just said, we're going to figure it out. And uh, I'm really grateful that I did. But it's what, a survivor's bias, right? It worked out. So obviously it worked out. But uh, I think it's these moments in life you just got to bet on yourself a little bit. And especially when you get a setback right on the cusp of doing yeah. it, it was really emotional. I think I was like in the fetal position in my living room, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, am I being an idiot? Because you have the safety net of a big company, and then all of a sudden you have the accountability of being an entrepreneur, yeah. you fail publicly, right? Like, there's <laughs> articles written about it, and, you know, and uh, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot we of... We are, too. <laughs> right, right, because that's the sports world, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's almost like you kind of, like, you leave the pro and then you got to bet on yourself, but if it doesn't work out, then you gotta, it's got to be written about how you made a bad life decision at age 19, 20. So, you know, I think there are a lot of parallels in sports. Um, the Bay Area is strong in terms of their... You know, the community around the sports, the Giants having a lot of success, the Warriors having success. Obviously, the 49ers historically have had a lot of success. So, you know, the Maybe the A's one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, hopefully we get there. You know, they got a movie, though. They got a movie out of it. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We ruined basketball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we ruined basketball. So, yeah. uh, with that being said, we really appreciate you hosting us. Uh, we know you got a, a lot to go on. You just told us you visited uh, 100 uh, uh, customer CEOs in, in 90 day span. So, uh, if my wife listening, these guys working super hard, so please have some sympathy for me. I'm joking. <laughs> and I think we should finish off the right way with the like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks, thanks Thank for you so much for having me.